Hello, friends. You're listening to Oh Shoot with Cassidy Lynn. And guess who I am? Yep, I'm Cassidy Lynn. <laughs> um, today, I am chatting with Rachel Griman, and we are talking all about website copy. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay, because we are going to explain it in the episode. So I hope you guys like this episode. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, we are live and I am talking with Rachel Griman, who she is like a copy whiz. So Rachel, introduce yourself. Um, <laughs> let, let the people know who you are. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Um, my name is Rachel Griman. Great job on the pronunciation. Nailed thank it. You. <laughs> Most people get it wrong. <laughs> So I am a copywriter and a photographer, um, and I started my own business in 2014, mostly focusing on photography. And then I realized how many photographers had no idea what they were doing with copy. Yeah. So I kind of transitioned into that side of my business and I've been doing it ever since. That's so cool. I feel like I knew you were a photographer, um, mm -hmm. but it kind of slipped my mind. So I just, well, I'm I don't really talk about it anymore because most of my business is writing for other photographers at this point. I do documentary family, so it's very niche Yeah, and I spend like six to 12 hours with the family during a shoot. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I love doing it. I just, I have a one and three-year-old. So okay. being away for that long is much more difficult than it used to be. Yeah, for but real. Yeah, I still do it for old clients and I love it. It's oh, like, I love cool. it. Yeah, I love that. So um, I guess, tell me a little bit more about how you got into copywriting because I'm interested to know like where that connection kind of came into place and then like tell me how your business is doing and all that stuff like yeah I want to know it all <laughs> okay I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible for the people okay. listening um so I majored in photojournalism in college so writing and photography always went together for me it was like very natural to do both I loved both angles of storytelling and I always think one complements the other um and so after school, I started working for nonprofits and I worked for nonprofits for almost a decade. And, um, at nonprofits, people typically have more than one job because funding is usually low. Mm -hmm. So I would get hired for one skill writing, and then I would end up doing photography or I would get hired for photography and then end up writing. And okay. it just kept happening to me at every job. So both skills just kept kind of running in tandem with one another throughout yeah. my professional career. And, um, then in 2014, I started photographing families, um, just like friends. And I was like, oh, I love this. And I loved applying my photojournalism background to families and not doing like portraits in a field, but really spending time with them and taking pictures of them without posing them. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I had always kind of thought in the back of my head, you can't really make money writing. Like that's not a viable option. Okay. So I decided to like go full-time into photography. And then as soon as I did, I was in all these Facebook groups that were all in, you know, and asking questions about LLCs and what it takes to run a business. And I realized people kept asking the same questions over and over and over yes. about how do I write my about page? What do I put here? And it was people that were obviously very talented, but they did not sign up to be writers in their business. And right quickly realizing that writing was a huge part of marketing your business. So I was like, Oh, I guess I do know 10 years worth about copywriting. And there's no reason I can't apply what I've done already in my career to small business. So 
I started helping people in these Facebook groups and eventually I started charging for it a ridiculously low rate. (laughs) And then I started taking courses and really learning more about it from like the photography perspective, like how to market yourself as a photographer. Mm -hmm. And that was probably more in like 2015, 2016. And then everything in 2017, everything got huge and it overtook the photography side of my business. So that kind of took a backseat and we've written now, I have two writers on my staff and, um, an assistant and we write almost a hundred sites a year for photographers. So that's awesome. That's the only people we work with because that's what we're experts in and we love it. Cool. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. It's so niche down and specific, but Mm -hmm. like, that's what you're good at. So that's why you're doing it. I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We love it. It's a lot of copywriting, any good copywriter will tell you that half of a project is research and figuring out the industry that you're working in and figuring out the demographic you're writing to. And because we only work with one kind of person, a lot of that research is done going into it. And we really get to spend our research time digging into who they are and their client is rather than like, oh, explain to me how it works when you shoot a wedding. Like me and my writers all know that like the back of our hands and I've shot a bunch of weddings. So it's it's like second nature. And I love that part of it. We get to like kind of meet them halfway done, which is nice. Oh yeah, that's definitely nice. So um, I guess when we're talking about copy, I want to make Mm -hmm. sure that everyone knows what we're talking about because me probably two years ago wouldn't have known what we're even saying right now. So kind of explain what copy is and why web copy is important. Like just yeah. go over that for all Those of are our great questions. Yeah. And I think a lot of people skip over this part. So a lot of people, when I say I'm a copywriter, think I'm a lawyer and that I do like copywriting, like trademarking. Oh, that's um, so funny. Which is spelled obviously a lot differently. And no, I'm not a lawyer in any right. capacity. Um, <laughs> so copy is the simplest definition I can give it's words that sell. So, um, it's the words on your website that you use to sell your services. And a lot of people get copy and content confused. Um, not to say content can also sell. Um, but content is like your Instagram captions and, um, blog posts. That's content. Copy is the headlines you read. It's the advertisements you see on billboards and, Um, in magazines and on TV, the kind of like, just do it is a slogan. That's copy. So when you think about advertising, you're reading copy. Um, And when it comes to web copy, it's all the words on your site that are not your blog posts. So when you land on someone's site and you see a big headline, Mm -hmm. that's the first impression that people are going to have of that photographer. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about website copy. And that's what we write. We don't write content. We don't write social media posts. We don't like write blog posts. We don't do Pinterest strategy or anything. We only write the words on your site that really get people to like, know, and trust you. Yeah. So that's what we focus on. Cool. And so why then is that important? Like why is copy something that people should actually care about? (laughs) Well, because I think as photographers, a lot of us, we love to think that 
our images are special enough and different enough that they're going to do a hundred percent of the legwork when it comes mm-hmm. to convincing people to hire us. And I want to be very frank that a lot of you have beautiful work and you are talented photographers and you do deserve clients, but somebody who isn't a photographer is not going to be able to tell you. I just love how warm her images are. I love that her posing looks natural. Like mm-hmm. that's not the vernacular that a mom of three kids is going to use or a bride that's never had her photos professionally done before. Mm -hmm. She's just going to look at them and be like, I really like them. And then she's going to click over to your website and she's either going to be more drawn to you with what she reads, or she's going to be like, well, this tells me nothing about them. And chances are a lot of the people listening are probably going to be in the price bracket where their brides are price shopping a little bit. Maybe not a lot, but at least a little. So they're going to have several tabs open when they go to reach out to photographers. Yeah. And you want to be able to stand out from all the other tabs that person mm-hmm. has open when they're looking for a photographer. And copy is what's going to do that. You can have the most stunning images in the world, but yeah. if people do not have an opportunity to get to know who you are and why they should trust you, then you're losing them before you even started the sales process. Yes, absolutely. I am such a big fan of good converting websites. It's not even funny. Like I tell people all the time, like if I'm searching for a photographer, cause I've mm-hmm. searched for photographers before yeah. I'm not booking you if one, you don't even have a website to begin with, mm-hmm. but also like if your website isn't drawing me in even more, like right. I, I love a good website and mm-hmm. I feel like that just, everyone is kind of the same way where that website really is what makes or breaks a deal, honestly. So, mm-hmm. and I think as photographers, you can go to a website and just ask yourself what draws you in. Yeah. Like what is, what is the reason as a consumer? And I always tell photographers specifically to look at non-photography sites. Yes. Like what about this certain e-commerce site drew you in? What mm-hmm. attracts you to it? What does it make you feel? Um, especially if you're looking at other service providers, what did they make you feel? And then you can try to replicate that on your own site rather than just saying, here's a gallery of 10 images that are really beautiful. Would you like yeah. to hire me now? Like that's not <laughs> how it works. Yeah, as I 100% agree. Um, so with photography copies specifically, what are some like, I guess, mistakes that you think that photographers make within their copy? Because obviously, I'm not a copywriter and neither <laughs> are 90% of the photographers out there. So like, what are those mistakes that you commonly see yeah. in photography websites? I just had like 15 different ones run through my head. Oh my gosh. So I'm Tell me all of them. Down. <laughs> I think a big one that I see all the time or that I sure I should say I feel a lot when people inquire with me, I'll go to their site and I can say, oh, they must follow this, this, and this person. And I can go to their Instagram and see, oh, they do like, oh, they've taken that course. Oh, oh wow. they really closely watch this person because their site is emulated after them. Yeah. And it is a shame because the reason that person is so successful that people are copying, whoever that is, there's tons in the industry, um, is because that's who they are and who their clients are. So the worst thing, the worst mistake I think a photographer can make is pulling up other sites as they are creating their own and just saying, Mm -hmm. well, it works for them. I'm just going to do this a little bit differently because it feels disingenuous and it, it will come up short. It will feel very vanilla and bland because it's not real personality and there's no perspective. Mm -hmm. It can be aesthetically beautiful, but if the words are vague and kind of not specific, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to connect to anyone. So 
obviously straight up copying someone's site is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Even emulating or kind of like sidestepping some of their exact phrases, but putting your own spin on them. Like, yeah, that's a big mistake too, because, and I think a lot of people at the beginning of their businesses do it because you just need to get a site up and you're doing right. it all yourself and it's DIY, but even a little personality is better than none. Um, So that's a big one. Another big one is having people, um, the first thing you read on their site is about them. So people are coming to your site, yes, to see your photos and yes, to learn about you eventually. But really the way to sell someone is to appeal to them and what they want and what they need and what they are feeling. So the best thing you can do is figure out what they're thinking when they landed on your site and then write to that thought. Okay. So the best way to do that, and I know you didn't ask this, but I'll tell you anyway. Tell me. <laughs> is to go back to your favorite past clients that you've ever worked with and ask them, hey, when you were standing on the edge of that decision of hiring me, what was the thing that tipped you over to yes? Like what was something I said or did or you saw or read that made you say, that's it, that's who I want to hire? Because that is called the moment of highest tension when someone's getting ready to let go of their money <laughs> and, right. say, and make a decision. Mm-hmm. And so you want to figure out what the moment of highest tension was and address it earlier so people are convinced sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay. That so, is such an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to text all my past clients and ask. Them <laughs> yeah. And you everything. should, that's like the number one thing. When we work with clients one-on-one, we interview their three favorite clients on the phone okay. and we ask a lot of in-depth questions like that, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at their testimonials and they see what people liked about working with them after the fact, you know, they yeah. see how gorgeous the images were, how great you were on the wedding day, you know, how great your experience was, but they didn't have that knowledge when they made the decision to hire you. And mm-hmm. you're trying to attract people who are still making that decision. So okay. that's the, that's what you need to know. Not necessarily what they write in their testimonial, yeah. which is still really valuable. No. Yeah. But, that's a really good way of looking at it because they have literally no experience with you at all. So mm-hmm. what is the converting factor that's going to get them to fill out the con- t- contact form, yeah. reach out all of that. Wow. And My if mind you're is- really ballsy, you can <laughs> ask somebody right after they say yes, before you work together. Wow. That, that is ballsy. I yeah. will say, I, I, know, I don't, I don't even do that, but yeah. I, with some clients, I think I would, I think yeah. I would say like, Hey, I know this is kind of out there, but what made yeah. you say yes? Like which part of this made you say, mm-hmm. I trust you. Yeah. I think I it, do that today. <gasps> you, yeah. aggressive of me. You should. I I feel like there's a few people that reach out to me that I'm like, I feel a little bit comfortable yes, with you yes. already. So I would feel comfortable doing that. But I don't know with every client. I probably no, no, wouldn't no. do I that. I don't think it should be part of like your process that you ask everyone. Oh, you're good. My gigantic dog is barking at the mailman like she does <laughs> every single day. My like the apologies. mailman is new or something. It's yeah. like a new thing that happens. He always waves to her as if she's not like ferociously staring him down. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I definitely wouldn't like systematize it, like put it in your workflow to like trigger an email every single time someone signs your contract. But I definitely think that there are certain clients that everybody has that you're like, we're friends, right? Like I can ask you this. Yeah, It would be fascinating to see what people say in yeah. that scenario. 
Definitely. So are there any other mistakes? I mean, you, you listen. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I um, want to know a few more. This is just, I just like <laughs> to know, like, tell me the tea about what people do. <laughs> um, just not having enough copy is a big one because people are intimidated. So they don't do anything. And it's just like a gallery on their homepage links to blogs and yes. then contact me here. Like that does not, that is like no foreplay. Right. You know, like just <laughs> jumping right into it. And nobody yeah. likes that. So yeah. you want to warm people up. You want to give people a chance. Um, my friend, Sarah Frandina, she's a great copywriter. She always says it's um, your homepage should be like one of those airport maps or like a map at the mall mm-hmm. where it's like you are here. And then it, it kind of guides you to all the different places you could go and the easiest way to get there. So the best way to write a homepage is taking them through a journey. Like it should scroll several times and there should be copy in almost every section. Say, And it doesn't have to be a ton, just kind of giving people a choose your own adventure and kind of showing people a way to walk through your site and get all the information that they need. And okay. a lot of sites do not do that. Yeah. Oh, I I always say it's like walking into someone's house that you've never been to before. You don't know where to go. Like if you've never been to that friend's house before, it doesn't matter how Mm -hmm. comfortable you are. It's like, do I take my shoes off? Do you like to hang out in the kitchen? Do you hang out upstairs or downstairs? You need to usher them. Like you need to show them where to go. You need to tell them what to do and make them feel comfortable there. And like they are taken care of right away. That's how your homepage should feel. Yeah. And to kind of plan that analogy of walking Mm -hmm. through a house, like you are not going to probably see all the parts of the house if you just go in there by yourself and Mm -hmm. nobody shows you around. Mm -hmm. So in the same way, you need that kind of like map, like you're saying, to be able to see all of the essential parts of your website before Mm -hmm. someone reaches out. And that's something small, like visual indicators, like just as you scroll, the background changes color. So, you know, we're in a different section now, a headline Mm. to call something out, a call to action that says, click here. Don't write click here, but something more. (laughs) Something better, (laughs) spicier. (laughs) Absolutely. Something spicier. Oh, I love it. Oh, this is good. So uh, if we're going to talk specifically about photographers, then Mm -hmm. what copy should they have on their website? I know it's a very specific question, but literally like what should they be writing? I guess like writing, copying, whatever, like what should they be putting? Not copying because that sounds like they're actually copying, (laughs) but like writing writing the copy. That's that's tricky. I feel like that can can sound wrong. You could say copywriting. Copy should they be writing. copywriting? Yes. But you could just say writing. That's fine too. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's a long question, but copywriting, what should they be copywriting onto their site? I mean, it depends. That changes according to what kind of photographer they are because, okay. you know, a family phot- photographer is going to have different places to go and things to write than a wedding photographer. But everybody's homepage I just walked you through should be kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can have all these different calls to action to help people opt out. If they're done scrolling, they can just opt over to a gallery or to your about page or to your experience page. Um, I often am telling photographers to add an experience page to their website just because it is so helpful to have a place for people to go where it, the whole page is just about reassuring them that you know what you're doing, that you're going to provide an experience. It's not just going to be, they sign the contract and I'll see you on your wedding day. Um, and it kind of builds your value, not kind of, it does. It builds yeah. your value. Um, as someone who is really a partner with them in this day and in this experience. So Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's a page that's overlooked often. 
a services page or a pricing page, that's really different depending on who your target market is. So okay. I can't give like a generic, yeah. this is how you should do it. Um, and to be honest, a lot of the photographers that work with us are at least one-on-one are several years into their business. So mm-hmm. they know their clients, they know what kind of pricing should go on the page, if any. Okay. Um, and the higher your price is, the less you talk about it on your website. That's it's like a great, that's a pretty good rule. Um, and then the contact page, this is really important because I feel like most photographers, I go to their contact pages and I'm like, did you just use whatever was in the template? I think like, most people do. Did you just not rewrite this? Yes. So, My favorite is going onto the contact page and seeing name, email, subject message. Yes. I'm like, like from yeah, like subject. <laughs> What's the subject? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I see customized forms more. It's more the like, so happy you're here. You'll hear back from me within 48 hours. Can't wait to talk to you. That is not copy. <laughs> like that has no personality that, mm-hmm. that does nothing for who you're talking to. And there are copywriters out there who will disagree with me. I just firmly, firmly will stand, die on this hill that every single touch point of your website is a place to show your personality and to make them like, trust, or know you even better. So why would you waste that last point? Like you did all the hard work of getting them to that contact page. Why wouldn't you have something that makes them even more excited to reach out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love a good contact page. Like I was saying, yeah, they really are. It's just like even a photo of yourself and like, Mm -hmm. it's yeah. Like literally just like you were saying, it's such a great opportunity to warm them up to you even more Mm -hmm. before you actually start talking to them. Right. Yeah. We love a good contact page. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so when it comes to copy, um, what are like, I guess like your top tips, Let's say top three tips for writing good copy. I know three is like, you know, it's a fun Mm -hmm. number. You can do more or less, but. Okay. Well, I already kind of talked about talking to your past clients, but Mm -hmm. before you even do that, I kind of have a beef with like client avatars and like ideal clients, like (gasps) people making up this pseudo person that doesn't even exist in the world that they write to. Um, So I think that origin story is that the primary rule of copywriting is you want to write to one person. You want to think about one person when you write, because it feels more specific to the person reading it. Even if they weren't the person you were writing to, if they relate to those same things, they're going to feel like they were. Mm -hmm. So that's where the ideal client came from, like having an avatar. So that way, if yours is like Melanie, then if you're always writing to Melanie, you're always writing to one person. So writing to one person is my number one tip. Don't write to a group, write as if you're talking to one person, but rather than making up an avatar, which you can totally do. And it's worked for several people forever. But I find that as solopreneurs and photographers, we often have past clients who were our favorite. Like you don't need to make someone up. There is someone (laughs) in your orbit that you adored working with. And if you could clone them for every single shoot, wedding, whatever you do, you would. So let's say it's Carol, let's say Carol is your favorite person or 
Gary and Bob were your favorite couple that you ever worked with. <laughs> I'm Whoever loving these are. names. <laughs> you, I know for some reason, all of your clients are 90. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. I, but you want to think about them in your brain. So you pick them mm-hmm. and that's who you talk to. That's whose perspective you get. Mm-hmm. And if they really were your favorite client, then you probably really jived with them well. Yeah. So I always say, write your site copy and then send it to them and say, does this connect with you on a personal level? Like, does this meet your needs or goals? And again, it's a little hard because they know you and they've had the experience. So they know how great you are, Mm -hmm. but that's a great first litmus test. So having one reader that you write to, that you think about when you write, Mm -hmm. making that reader, your favorite client who you have talked to, those are some tips. Um, Another tip that I always give is, um, especially to people who have a really hard time with a blank document and sitting down and typing. I just say, get out your phone and start recording. Um, tell like I do this, I, I do this and I'm a writer. I will record a conversation with my husband or with a friend of just what I want to say with whatever I'm working on. This is what I want to say. This is the general idea. And I try to distill it down to its basic need. And then I If you can't tell, I'm a very verbal processor. Um, (laughs) And then I will go off on all of my little side thoughts. And then I can listen to it back and pull out the little gold nuggets that I want to keep. So if writing really intimidates you, grab someone you trust, hit record, and just start talking about what you want to say, and it'll come out. Oh, I really like that. Mm. I've actually used Siri a couple times and done like voice to text Mm -hmm. for, I think just for blog posts. So nothing like too crazy, but that it does help because I feel like my voice and how I actually talk gets on the blog post versus like beep, boo, boo, beep, robot Cassidy writing me this blog post. Like it's just it's so much easier. I feel like that exactly. way. I don't know why I always say this, but it makes me laugh. I'm always like, I feel like people sit down at their computer and like the CEO of Costco comes out. Like <laughs> there's no personality. It's very dry. It's very corporate. And mm-hmm. that's the opposite of what somebody wants on their wedding day or with their kids in a family shoot. Like you want somebody that's full of personality um, and maybe not full of it. That might not be your client, but you want somebody that has a connection point Yeah, and talking helps you find your voice so well. Um, Oh, one more tip on that note is I always tell people to read back their copy out loud. That way, if it sounds weird coming out of your mouth or if it feels weird, then it's not your voice. You would never say it. So if you wouldn't say it, don't put it on your website because you want to be the person that they read about. Yeah. Like if they fell in love with whoever you wrote about on your site, you really want to be that person when they call you. Oh yeah. That is like one of my not biggest fears, but it's, it's something that I definitely think about. I'm like, what if my website is so bubbly and awesome? And like, I sound like this super outgoing person and then people meet me and they're like, Oh my gosh, she's an introvert. She's completely different. I, I, my website isn't set up to make me feel like super bubbly or anything like that. But that is something that I thought about at the beginning of my career. I was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be like this fake person. And a lot of the times when you're referring back to other people's websites and using like other people's snippets of their personality and stuff, that's kind of what it morphs into is this person. That's not actually you. Absolutely. It's like website. a Frankenstein of everyone you respect rather than who you are. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Okay. I had a, uh, this is a very random question. You're probably okay. just going to answer it right away. Do you write copy in first person or third person? Uh, first person, almost always, unless okay. you're a studio. 
like if you're a brand, okay. Yeah. Like if you have photographers under you, like I did a big studio last year in Canada and mm-hmm. they were all, we, us. Yes. Um, and I think I, there's actually a, an audio on reels for this that I think is really funny, um, about people pretending that it's, we, us, even though it's just one person fulfilling orders or something. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Like, do not do that. That's not like, that does not make anyone trust you. If you're talking about we, and they're like, who's we, yeah. like, it doesn't make you sound more official. It just makes it confusing. It's true. And then it's like a little bit more intimidating. Cause it's like, Oh, there's multiple people who I'm going to be working with. Right. Like I thought it was just you. Yeah. Right. Totally right. Depending that. on your clients, some luxury clients, they absolutely want to see we us on a site mm-hmm. because they want more touch points. Not yeah. everyone, but it just depends on your client. Yeah. So for wedding photographers specifically, mm-hmm. um, what, I don't know, what copywriting should they have versus like compared to other just like family photographers yeah. or whatever, what's different about wedding photography copywriting? Um, I think a big part of it is that people, you want your photos and your um, copy to match. Mm-hmm. Like people claiming to be like, um, aggressively diverse or LGBTQ plus friendly, like all of that stuff. And then nothing is diverse about their portfolio. Yeah. Um, I think you really, really have to, I mean, that's for family photographers too, but we write for a lot of wedding photographers. I Mm -hmm. think just, um, making sure that what you actually shoot matches what you're trying to say about yourself is really, really important. Again, it just, solidify some trust there. Mm -hmm. Um, also for wedding photographers, that experience page is really, really crucial. Um, because if you kind of detail exactly how it's going to go from a to Z with them, that gives them more information than a photographer who just has a bunch of galleries and an about page blurb and Mm -hmm. nothing else. Um, yeah, for wedding photography, I think be making it really clear and accessible to get to blog posts that have full galleries or close to full galleries, I think is really important. I think couples are getting a lot smarter and they know <laughs> more. And so a lot more people are asking and requesting full galleries. Yeah. So not being afraid to show a ton of images on a blog post so mm-hmm. they can see, Hey, she didn't just get, you know, the money shot of the sun setting behind them. Yeah. Um, she also got like every detail and grandma crying when she came yes. down the aisle, like that kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Um, so going back to the experience page, this mm-hmm. is a very interesting concept to me because I don't personally have one, but I've seen people that do and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So what do you think should be on that? Like what, like, just tell me more about the experience page. Yeah. I just want to I- know. I think you're, and they're not necessary by any means. I just Mm -hmm. like to add them depending on what price point the photographer is at to kind of separate them from the back a little bit, because some people are never going to click on that page. Some Mm -hmm. of your clients, even some of your favorite ones, but you're always going to have that like Enneagram five who reads every single word on a site before they make a decision that's going to read that page. And if you can lay out your process in a really clear way, that's going to appeal to some people. Um, So on the experience page, you can actually kind of let your past clients write this for you because they're going to talk a lot about what the experience was like of working with you. Mm -hmm. It should literally say, this is how it feels to work with me. This is what you will get from working with me. Mm -hmm. Um, This, you can say, I number a lot of those pages or a section of those pages. Like, here's what's going to happen. 
you're going to reach out. You're going to hear back from me in this many hours. Then you're going to get this from me. Then you're going to get this from me just to kind of show them again, that you're not just signing a contract and then showing up on their wedding day. It kind of says rather than bullet pointing out in your packages, every single thing they get, this gives you a longer form way of showing them. It's showing, not telling. Yeah. I like that. I feel like there are a few clients that just want more info. Mm -hmm. And I think, especially if you are charging, um, a higher price point than most people in your industry, um, that experience is what adds value to your packages. It's not necessarily, um, adding on, you know, 15 hours to a wedding day. It's that experience and the value you're giving them by, being a professional and having, you know, X amount of years of experience, but also like having clients who love you and rave about you and your experience that you give them. Yeah. Client mm-hmm. experience is very important. So I it think is. it's so important. And yeah. honestly, what it is, is look at your workflow, your very unsexy system and process that you go through <laughs> with every single client, take out the sexiest pieces that your clients love the most and put them on an experience page. Wow. So it's basically And I sell email templates. So it's basically an email for every step of your workflow as a wedding photographer. That's basically what you're putting on your experience page. This is when you can expect to hear from me. And this is what I am willing to help you with. And it low-key sets expectations for things you will and will not do. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think low-key setting expectations (laughs) is the best low-key thing you can do. It's like like, half of your job as a wedding photographer. Because you would need to weed out those mm. people who are expecting all the raw photos or yeah, <laughs> anything like that. You have to weed yeah. that type of thing out on your website before people reach out to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So when it comes to, I guess, like web design, yes. like how does web design play into copywriting and all of that? Like, is it important, just as important, like just tell me, tell me all about web design. Yeah. Copy and design are like peanut butter and jelly. Like they need to work together. They need to work together because if you have one of them, that's not great. The -hmm. other one really, really suffers, um, either in either direction. So we make a lot of design suggestions when we write copy. And, um, I like to partner with designers. So again, a lot of the people that come to us are, you know, five, 10 years into their business. So they're looking to make a bigger investment. So they hire us and a designer to completely rebrand everything. But even the templates you can get for like a hundred to $500, depending on who you shop from, Mm -hmm. they're really smart. And that templated design is really, really good. Um, it's not perfect for, cause it's a template. No template right. is perfect. They all need to be edited, but they should show you where the headlines go and where to a call to action button goes and how much copy should go somewhere. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're really, I mean, mm-hmm. I have never written a website where I haven't made at least 10 design suggestions along the way. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like it, it goes so hand in hand, like mm-hmm. even like being able to read the heading like if you have this amazing converting heading but it's in cursive and freaking nobody can read it like that's a waste of a good copywriting you know I just had a call with someone this week I was doing an audit for him and I was like I think this is the best line of copy on your whole site and I almost missed it because it's impossible to read uh-huh. like it's in like a script font yeah and so like if your template comes with a script font that you can't read you gotta switch it 
It's Stop true. Using script fonts. Yes. I love and hate script fonts. I love yeah, how they pretty. look. Yes. But on a website, I usually am not stopping to read a script font. Like Never. it's kind of like when your grandma writes you a letter and you can't read it because it's in <laughs> cursive. Like I'm skimming, but like I can't, <laughs> I can't read all the words. Like <laughs> they're fun for like, if you want to write galleries like going across or something Mm -hmm. like something that is signifying what's there, but isn't necessary because Mm -hmm. it adds like some panache, but don't put your, like, like you said, your highest converting headline in a script font. (laughs) It's so true. So if there's beginner photographers listening or newbie photographers, what advice would you give them for their website copy? Yeah, that's a great question because it is very different. I always say for new photographers, don't invest in hiring a copywriter to like, don't spend thousands of dollars on a copywriter because you don't know exactly what you want to do yet. And you probably haven't photographed several of your favorite clients yet. The best copy comes from good research and good research can only be done if you have a large pool to choose from, Mm -hmm. or at least a sizable pool. Um, so for newer photographers, actually for years, I would just, people would come to me that were new and try to hire us. And I was like, this is way out of your budget. I'm sorry. I don't have anything to help. So I actually wrote out my process in like a 70 page PDF, every single thing that we do with our clients. And now I sell it as a DIY guide. And it's perfect for new photographers that want to have good copy or at least good enough copy to get them where they need to go in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And they just need to get a website up because their business is cranking, but they need to kind of hone in who their clients are and what they want to be saying and what they want to be shooting. So definitely DIY it yourself. And there are so (laughs) many good resources out there, even free ones. Um, But I think the biggest thing is don't like when I remember when I built my website in 2014, I took everything so seriously and my website has changed almost annually since then. And it's transformed with every new iteration of my business. And every time my clients change and there's nothing wrong with that, like your copy and especially your website is a living breathing, breathing thing. And it Mm -hmm. should change because marketing changes every year. And the way you like the landscape of photography changes every year and the markets are different and the saturation is different. And if you move, so don't take it so seriously, just get something up there that feels like you and feels like in line with your integrity and what you want to be producing and just see there's nothing wrong with testing and changing it. Don't feel like I have to write it and it's the most serious thing and it's permanent. It's not. Yeah, it's true. I, I 100% relate to all of that. When I started, it was like, I had a Squarespace website and it was just like very, very simple. I mean, I wrote it all myself. I actually had one of my friends write like a little section of my bio from like her perspective of me. And I really liked that because it was like, I would have never written these things, but I feel like it does really Mm -hmm. describe me. So I did that. But then like, I think it was literally a year later, I got got a new website, like straight up. I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't want this anymore. I want a new website. And the problem with a lot of um, beginner photographers who have this like spending mindset, like, oh, I have to spend like $10,000 to start my business is you're going to be investing in things that you're going to change later, you know? Nailed it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that just, that would suck. Like if I hired a copywriter and they wrote everything and I wanted to change it. 
Like I've had people come to me and be like, no, I know what I'm doing. I really want to hire you. And I'm like, okay, I'm telling you right now, this will, you're going to change this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's up to you, obviously, but I think you just nailed it. Like Mm -hmm. I would always tell a newer photographer, invest in education from somebody you really admire or a mentor, like a one-on-one mentor is awesome or a business coach. Um, I love being an investment that people make, but I'm the most honest when it comes to if we're a good fit for people or not. Yeah. With, um, newbies and resources and stuff, what are some resources that they can refer to when it comes to copywriting, maybe free and paid stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I have a guide, like I talked about that literally is written for photographers and walks you through everything you need to do to research you, your clients, your business, and then what to write on your site. Um, and then on Instagram, like I put out a ton of free content on my page and on my blog. Mm -hmm. And if you just look at who I follow, I follow a ton of other copywriters and they are my direct competition and they all put a ton of free content out there. Um, Jess Jordana is a good one. Um, Caitlin from Copy Uncorked is a good one. Um, I'm trying to think for web copy. I have a lot of friends who don't do web copy, but (laughs) um, yeah, you can just look like, um, oh, Erica at the right lens is a really good one. I'm literally just giving you all the names of my competition, but I believe in spreading the love. So yeah. Oh, Sam and Katie from ID Action Consulting. Seriously, go follow all those people if you want free copywriting. Advice. Okay, cool. I love that. I, I'm a big fan of just like, if you're starting out, like just go and get as much free knowledge as you can, soak it up and then really make an investment on like one or two big things yeah. for education. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of free stuff out there, especially oh, so much, so for beginners. much, especially yeah. people trying to grow their audience. They're going to give away a lot of free stuff. If it's you're willing true. to put in the legwork to the free things that they give you, it will get you really far. Oh yeah, totally. Cool. Um, well, honestly, I don't feel like there's any other things about copy that I want to ask you. I feel like my brain is just like <laughs> throbbing right now with all of this info. I don't, does that make sense? Throbbing? Yep, yep. Kind of like soaking it up. I like the visual. Thank you. Yeah, we're on a Zoom call, but no one can see us. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, but before we sign off, tell tell everyone where they can find you, um, where they can find those resources. And yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even think I said the company name. I own Green Chair Stories. That's my company. Okay. So www.greenchairstories.com. And then I'm Green Chair Stories on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of free resources on our blog, like a ton. Mm-hmm. And then um, two paid resources. It's the DIY guide and then email templates. If you want to just have something you can plug and play into your like Dubsado or yes. HoneyBook. Um, and then we are available for one-on-one services too. It's all on there. So, okay. and I'm on Instagram all the time and I answer every single DM that I get. Love it. Cool. Where did the name green chair stories? Is that what you Yeah. Said? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? It came from the first, um, or the last nonprofit I ever worked at before I started my business. It was a rescue mission here in Denver. And you, we decorated our offices with the furniture that people donated. And so the first day I went into the big warehouse and there was this amazing velvet green chair in the corner. And I was like, I have to have that. And I was the writer there and the photographer eventually. And, um, so I would interview people in that chair. It was like the CEO to like my girlfriends that I worked with, or like, um, men who were experiencing homelessness on the street or single moms. So they all sat in the chair and they would, 
like, just tell me the life stories. Everybody cried in that chair at some point. And so people would stand up and be like, oh, there's just something about this chair. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know. And so I wanted that the chair is fully a metaphor for my business of how I want people to feel when they talk to us. Wow. That is so cool. I yeah. wish I had a cool story like that. <laughs> Dang. I mean, it's not very uh, Googleable, but true. That is, <laughs> but very, is very true. Meaningful. Yes. And yeah, especially if people like know, like that's why yeah. your business is named that. I think that just makes it more memorable and special. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Mine's just Cassidy Lynn. I could tell hey. you a story about how I was born. <laughs> that's <laughs> good that's good and honestly I always tell photographers use your name like yeah people are going to talk about you with your name like when people say oh Cassidy was amazing for our wedding they're using your name so that's it's what true. people are going to go search so yeah they're not I gonna love my business name but yes I take it with a grain of salt <laughs> I like your business name that's awesome yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it's what we do now yeah if you were a photographer it would be like different story but absolutely absolutely yeah. cool well, well it was thank great you so much yeah it was so great talking with you thanks yeah. for coming on expose my mind to clarity oh my spirit shudders capture the moment oh keep my sanity the wisdom rushing in so uh,